about what caused the war, what caused the Civil War, um, you, um, what, how this nation got to where it is. And so because of that, there's a lot of things I'd like to just share with you. First of all, America was birthed in a revival. God started this nation. God had an idea to create a nation that would be a light to the world. And that's where it began. It did not start in Lexington Green in 1775. It actually started in a revival that started in 1730. So let me give you a little bit of history here. People like John and Charles Wesley and George Whitfield and different men begin to travel through America and preach the gospel. Now, the gospel you're hearing today is not what was being preached in the ch churches in the world. The churches of the world, the, the, um, the organized religion, was preaching salvation by works, not by grace through the blood of Jesus. The reason that these men had to preach in fields is that the local church would not let them in the local church. So the men who changed America did so by traveling from town to town on horseback preaching Jesus. I want to give you what they preached. Number one, grace, justification by faith alone. Man is a sinner without God. So you had sermons like um, Jonathan Edwards in 1741 preaching sermons like sinners in the hands of an angry God. Now that may not set well with your American theology, but I want you to hear what I'm going to say right now. I think we've lost sight of the fact that if you die without Jesus, you will face an angry God. Well, that didn't, that didn't go over. He's, listen... He paid a high price, and the only way was the blood of Jesus. And when you go, I don't need your Jesus, you will not enjoy the day you meet him. Okay, so that may not sound too good, but America had gotten, the revival created a different world. Now, when I say that, when I say revival, I'm not talking about what we call revival today where we say we're going to go to church and have revival for a week. I'm talking about the fact that whole cities came to Jesus. Everybody in the city came to Jesus. And there was records of like two people in town that weren't saved. That's it. You would walk by uh, not only church on Sunday morning, but walk by businesses and people were singing and worshiping God constantly in their homes and their businesses throughout the nation. And so a great revival broke out. The revival is what spurned the Revolutionary War. Now, a lot of times you go, wait a minute, you mean, you mean preaching Jesus started a war? Yes, it did. Because men got tired of slavery and they begin to preach. The preachers in America begin to preach on how God set up government in the Old Testament and how God set a government up to be run by the people, for the people, without a king. That the people could self-govern themselves. As a matter of fact, America doesn't work if you don't govern yourself. That's why we're having a problem right now. 
Tyranny is always what takes over when people stop ruling themselves. They work for us. We need to remind them of that. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. I want to go over what was preached during that time. Oh, the Great Awakening influenced the revolution because it encouraged the notion of nationalism and individual rights as opposed to organized religion to where the only way you could get to God was through a priest. The only way you could get anywhere. And you had a hierarchy. How many of y'all have ever watched the uh, Three Musketeers show and you wonder, how in the world is a pope running everybody? Well, because that then was the governing force in the earth. If you didn't agree with the local church, they burned you as a heretic. A lot of people, that's a lot of history you guys don't understand. But when you're watching old movies, they're giving you history. Showing you that, you know, if you, if you even write a Bible outside of the church's permission, they burned you at the stake as a heretic. Amen. So Americans got tired of British rule or someone ruling over them. And they found out from the Bible that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. And there still is liberty and freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. So, so the, the, the Black Robe Regiment was a group of men or pastors. Now, you may not have remembered this. Some of you watched the movie. Some of you did not. But the Patriot. Did you all see the Patriot? Do you remember the place where the preacher got up and he took off his black robe and he had on a uniform underneath it? That was not a joke. That was common. Very often, and I'm going to show you a picture later on of, um, of Lexington Green, and a lot of people do not know that the house behind the Patriots on that morning was Jonas Clark's home, which was the pastor, and the people in the militia were the pe- was his church. And that was very, very common so that the the America learned that the militia in the Bible was the farmers. There was no military. When when there was a war, everybody stopped what they did, went and fought the Philistines. There it is. Um, That's not Jonas Clark there. Uh, But the house in the background is, uh, is is the pastor's home. And a lot of times you study history without realizing how influential the church had in in the work. The revolution began in sermons. As a matter of fact, the whole constitution was written from the sermons these men were preaching. And they got it from finding out what God had to say about government. The judicial branch, all of the branches of government, all of that came out of the book of Deuteronomy. All of it came out of the Word of God. All right, boy, I'm y'all excited. So this is what they preached. All people are born sinners. Sin without salvation will send a person to hell. All people can be saved if they confess their sins to God, seek forgiveness, and accept God's grace. I'm going to say something right now. We've got to start preaching this again, guys. Um, I'm meeting too many people right now that I'm a good person. Honey, no, 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 you're not. And And I'm going to say this right here in this church. And Just give me a moment to vent, please. If, if the preachers are not allowed to preach truth, what is it, what book do you want me to use? If the Bible is offending you, 
I, I don't have a recourse, guys. I want to preach a whole series on growing up. Did it ever dawn on you that God is demanding you grow up? You don't need to bounce from... We're, we live in Disney World. I'm not here to entertain you. What happened to the fruit of the Spirit? He didn't want to make fruit cakes. He wants fruit. What's wrong with faithfulness? What's wrong with love? What's wrong with asking you to show up and actually know which church you go to every week? Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. But you know what? When you walk out and go, I mean, I know you have friends, but this is not a social club. I want make friends, but grow up. Become useful. Be like Jesus. One day, I always thought that was everybody's dream and desire, but I'm finding out it is not. You people that go to Bible school, I love you. You're not mature because you went to school. Am I going to see you next week? Are you going to come and get in a church? Am I even going to know where you are? If you're not rooted someplace, you, you didn't learn anything in school. You didn't learn anything. Jesus is not a fruitcake. And his kids are not supposed to be. So what happens when all these people start churches around town? And you, this is, I'm not selling hamburgers. It's not a restaurant. Thank you. That's nothing to do with the American Revolution. I'm just venting. There's no reason all the empty chairs. Where's everybody? It's the 4th of July. What are you celebrating? How'd you get where? Listen, the American Revolution was birthed out of the Word of God. What it, what's your faith in? Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I'm coming back to my notes. So, someone said, well, you're too direct. Really? We're probably 10 years from the rapture. At what point are we allowed to actually start using the Bible? Really? But if you want donuts, we have keto. Lisa found those for me. I wanted a donut so bad. She says, well, they're expensive. I said, buy one anyway. I want one. I just got, a, I got so tired of eating eggs and bacon, hamburger and veggies. I went, I just want a donut. That's not in the sermon notes either, so y'all hold on. They have them for y'all anyway. Religion should not be formal and institutionalized, but rather casual and personal. This is what our forefathers preached in the pulpits of America. This is what birthed this nation. Um, The Black Robe Regiment were preachers who were in favor of separation from England and freedom. They used the Old Testament to prove that they can self-govern and people um, can, and, and small government is the only way because God is king. Amen. So that's what birthed it. Jonathan Edwards preached the 1741 centers in the hands of Agri. And Thomas Jefferson, I want to just read a few quotes. When the people fear the government, that's tyranny. And when the government fears the people, that is freedom. 
boy, this is, y'all are exciting. The greatest danger to the American freedom is a government that ignores the Constitution. Someone say, amen. Boy, we're coming back. We've got a job to do. We're at war. No free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. The strongest reason for the people to retain the right to keep and bear arms is a last resort to protect themselves from against a tyranny in government. It's not, they're not for deer hunting, deer left. I, he, Thomas Jefferson also said, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. And the government that governs best is the, govern, the government that governs the least. Anyway, uh, this is 4th of July, so it's okay to read these now, isn't it? I want to read a little bit of um, Patrick Henry's sermon during, during the war, before the war. If you saw the, the, the movie The Patriot, war was, was already, England was already coming over to the United States. There was a French and Indian war that was fought here, and England decided the U.S. needed to pay for that, so they began to tax Americans, thus the Tea Party. That's what caused it. But, uh, but Americans were soon realizing that England was, was, was uh, ruling in America without representation. In other words, there, we taxed, but there was no representation. Anytime someone broke the law in America, you were put on a ship, sent to England in a kangaroo court, and always found guilty. And our forefathers said, that's enough. Yeah. The, Bo- the, uh, the Boston Massacre happened years before the war broke out, where, where any time that England decided they didn't like what people were doing, just lined them up and shot them. Yeah. So on the day of Lexington Green, the British had actually left Boston and was headed to Lexington and Concord to confiscate arms and guns. And by then, Patrick Henry's message had spread through the colonies so strong that the motto in our nation was, give me liberty or give me death. Because they said, we would rather die fighting than be underneath tyranny. Now, my sermon is God guts, God guns and guts. We'll get into a few minutes into courage It's going to take courage for you and I to be Americans and be Christians right now. Being quiet is no longer an option. It won't be long. We'll figure out who you are. All right. He starts off, and I don't want to belabor this. Mr. President, no man thinks more highly than I do of patriotism as well as abilities of the very worthy gentlemen who have come to address this house But different men often see the same subject in different light. And therefore, I hope I will not be thought disrespectful if the gentlemen, if entertaining as I do, opinions of a character opposite theirs. I will speak forth my sentiments freely without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The question before the house is one of awful moment in this country. My own part, I consider it nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. Now, what, what he's dealing with is that Britain had already begun a war. But Americans were writing letters and writing letters and writing letters and writing letters that all had been ignored. I'm going to give you an assignment. You should read the Constitution. You should read it. You should know what is in it. And then you should, you should read um, the preamble to it and the Bill of Rights and why they were drafted. 
they were drafted because the framers feared that the Constitution did not have enough teeth in it to restrain government. The point of the Constitution was to restrain government, not you. And you should know it. It is still in effect in America. Hallelujah. At least, I'm not sure about California and New York and Chicago, but I'm pretty sure in Florida it is. Now, I get excited about this because, you know, hallelujah. I'm the only guy I know that sit down with a, with a history book and read for hours and think I'm being entertained. I just love it. So, okay, this is the end of his sermon is where, of his speech is what everybody quotes. It is in vain, sir, to enunciate the matter. Gentlemen may cry peace, peace, but there isn't any peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why are we standing here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would you have? Is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? God forbid it. God Almighty, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, you give me liberty or you give me death. Why would he say that? Because I'm going to agree with him. I'm not out to create a war. I'm not, there already is one going on. But I also am not going to lay down and just let wicked men run over me, this church, or this nation without me putting up a fight. Now, the worst thing that will happen to me is I die and go to be with Jesus. If someone shoots me, I don't have to worry about the rapture. And when it is. All right. Go to Luke 22 for a second. Let's talk about guns for a moment. Thank you. Luke 22. Because a lot of times people walk into a church and they ask the question, why do you guys carry? And many of you have seen, I don't have a gun on me this morning, maybe I shouldn't say that. Because what happens is it keeps getting tangled up in my mic, my coat comes up and all the visitors fall apart at the seams. (laughs) But since I'm the best shot in the place, I know that I can at least take care of me. I can hit you from here to that door back there between your eyes without a whole lot of trouble in one second. So you should feel safe. But right now we're going to have to rely on someone else for this morning. Cause... So what about guns? Does God, is God anti-self-defense? He is not. He is not. And a lot of times people relate the gun to violence. An, an, an AR is not an assault rifle. It is a defense rifle. Now, the only time I ever want to see a liberal judge is if I were to use my gun. Because then I can plead the gun did it. It's not my fault. It jumped out of my holster. We all know guns kill people. All right. Luke Luke 22, verse 35. I'm going to read to you because this is the scripture the Lord gave me when he asked me to begin to carry. And he said to them, when I sent you out without a money bag and a knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. And he said, but now. 
He who has a money bag, let him take it. Likewise, a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. And I say to you, that which is written must be accomplished. And he, he was numbered with the transgressors and things concerning me. He said, look, here's two swords. And he said, it's enough. Why did Jesus, man of faith, tell his disciples to get a sword? Because of, this is the reasoning behind this. When someone knows you can defend yourself, they will not bother you. If they're, the, the fact that people carry guns is the largest deterrent of crime in America. Thugs don't bother you if they know they can get away with it. Now, I got my one gun story I've got to tell this morning. I like to read on the internet and the stuff about guns and shooting and all that. So one, one day I'm reading a story about that didn't make the news. And it was about an old man and an old woman watching TV in their house in Texas. And as they're watching the television program, some thug came around the back and began to take his fist and, and beat on the window, the, the, the sliding glass door, and commanded the old man, get up and open up the darn door. And his wife lost it and began to freak out and holler, Harold, Harold, do something, Harold. If your name is Harold, I'm not picking on you. And he just sat and watched TV. And the guy got more violent and more violent until finally he kicked the glass in, ripped it off the hinges, off the racks, and stepped into the house. And the old man reached down between the cushions, pulled out a 1911, put four rounds of 45, 200 grain in the boy's chest, put the gun back up and took it to his wife and said, call 911. That's why. So he made a statement. He said, I'm too old to take a butt whooping. If that, doesn't, if, that, if that doesn't help you, there's nothing else I can do. But anyway, God, why, my next question is this. Why do angels carry swords? I mean, if God has his own angels armed. Thank you. Should you and I not be? So the war began... And the only reason that our government wants your guns is so they can rule you. And as long as you are armed, they cannot. And they've got to get enough idiots to agree with them to take your guns. I happen to know for a fact it's not happening. Um, We are too... We're still too American to lay down and let anybody come in. And and I do have two old guns that don't work. And if they do the $50 program again, that would be an easy $100. But if it's firing, it's mine. I own it. And I have more than one. I have a bunch. And my wife told me to quit telling everybody where they're all hidden because crooks do come to church. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm anyway. So there's one more story, just briefly. In Genesis 14, don't go there. Sodom and Gomorrah had gotten into a war, and they came and captured Lot. Well, the Bible says that Abram 
took his servants and armed them and went and got Lot back. He did not pray that God would go get Lot back. He got swords and armor and he went and got him himself. Guns have a use. They have no personality. They don't kill people. People kill people. I don't have an assault weapon. I have a defense weapon. So don't draw down on me. Because I won't even apologize to God for you. Now, in the case, in case you want to know it, don't ever kick my front door in. Because I've already prayed about that. I'm prayed up on that one. All right. So Lexington Concord, 1775, was the beginning of the Revolutionary War. And 700 British came and 77 Minutemen um, met them there. And that was the shot that was heard around the world. That, after that, the, the British, one British died. I think about 10 Americans died. And they went to uh, Concord to find the arms. And the American Minutemen, 200 of them, met them. And a war broke out. And the, the few British that lived to the, see the end of the day, escaped back to Boston. Um, general George Washington became the general of the very first army. The United States became a nation and was birthed, and we went to war. That is what we're celebrating right now. The fact that these men paid a price to get us where we are today. There's the last thing that I want to mention, and I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1 with me, please is that, it, that America is where it is today because of God. Yes, it is also where it is today because of guns. We cannot leave that out. But guns by themselves um, are, um, that's not enough. There's one thing I think lacking in America, but I'm beginning to watch it change. Thank you, Jesus. And that's guts. That's courage. I don't want to beat this horse. If you don't know by now that you have already been taken over by the New World Order. That is why Facebook will kick you off. That's, that's how our president lost. And we're aware of this. If there's one thing that has to change now is that the lukewarm Christian has going to have to go away. It is time for us to become courageous again. And what that means is that you're going to have to open your mouth and like one writer said, the pen is mightier than the sword. It is time for us to begin rising up and take our nation back. I'm beginning to watch what's happening within Arizona and in Pennsylvania. And I'm glad that people are standing up. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. We're all going to have to stand up together. Amen. We're all going to have to voice our opinions. Yeah. Now, the word bold. Do you know the difference between arrogance and bold? There is a difference. You need to understand preaching truth is different than you defending your honor. Yeah. 
If someone doesn't like you, be quiet. Don't, you don't, you, if someone doesn't like your nation, open your mouth. If someone has, is, is talking a lie that is harming people, then you're obligated to deal with that. Now, it's not okay to be quiet. I walked in the store last year during COVID. I was out, I was buying a gift for someone and the lady in, that owned the store did not ask me if, if I had a mask. She screamed like a cat and demanded I put one on my face. And, I, and I, of course, I got a little ruffled. I got a little And I walked up to her and I said, Are you a communist? Now, see, a lot of times people say, You're just bold. Why aren't you? I wasn't ugly with her. I said, why are you running customers out of your store? And she just looked at me. And I left and took my business elsewhere. Every one of us have had times where we have really been bothered and agitated. There is a time to voice. There is a time to say something. Joshua 1.5, please. God is sending Joshua into the promised land and he is giving him orders. No man will be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. These are words for you now. Be strong. And of a good courage. To this people you shall divide an inheritance. The land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you need to be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do all of the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. Let's go back to Peter. On the night Jesus was being betrayed, he took communion. Do you know what communion is? Do you know? Communion is the cutting of a covenant. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is when a man and a woman cut covenant. We are there to listen to their vows. When they leave, they leave together. We expect them to be together next week, next month, next year, and until death does them part. Are y'all okay with that? Is that the way it should be? The night, the night that Jesus cut covenant, those men were not there taking communion for their healing. They were taking communion and they were vowing themselves to God and the cause. They were giving themselves to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So do you understand what happened when Peter said, I don't even know the guy. And Jesus was listening and told Peter he would do it. Later he restored Peter and later every disciple died a martyr's death but two. One was Judas, killed himself. John died of old age. What happened to the church? Do we understand that we have a cause? 
Do we understand that we're called here an assembly on Sunday morning to hear what the word of the Lord is for us, that we're to be a doer of the word of God and not a hearer only? Do we understand that part of what we do? Do you understand you're underneath authority? Do you understand that you've been given a job assignment by God and he's going to hold you accountable for whether that gets done or not? He paid a high price for you. He paid your debt. He forgave you of your sins. He cleansed you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you the Word of God. He's going to ask you one day what you did with it. It's going to take courage to be a Christian in society today. Because everybody else thinks that wrong is right and right is wrong. Nobody seems to have figured out whether everything that the government is pushing down our throat is, is okay. We're just going to sit along and go along to get along. I'm not going to go along to get along. As a matter of fact, if, if, if another outbreak happens, I'm going to plead the blood and open the doors. You say, what if you die of, of a disease? I'd rather die in the will of God than die out of it. If God can't take care of a disease, I don't need to be preaching anyway. I'm not quite sure I want to still go home and hide in my closet for a year. For some people, I want you to understand the pandemic is still not over, but when it is over, they've said they will come back to church. That's been two years now. Maybe one day we'll see them again. Folks, it's sad. Enough ranting. <laughs> give me liberty or give me death. What a, what a powerful statement. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is so valuable to you that you would die for it? What would you die for? Because if you don't have something you'd die for, you haven't begun to live. I'm going to tell you a secret. I will die before you will harm my family. Amen. When there's a thump at night, Lisa knows me and the M&P are headed out of the, out of the bedroom. I will go find out what went bump. Yeah. Do you understand? I'm the man. Some of you men need to, don't send your wife out. Unless she can shoot better than you, then you send her up. That would be J.C. She, J.C. can shoot a gun. I mean, that girl can shoot a gun. So anyway, if Cody goes, J.C., go check the door. I understand that. So, no, I'm, te I'm just teasing. When I got born again, I had never been loved by, by anybody the way God loved me. I'd never, I'd never met love. I'd never seen it. I, I talked to a lot of people like Sean and different ones of you in here that grew up without a father. I grew up without a dad. I understand exactly what that's like. I understand what it's like to grow up in a home that is, is out of sorts. So for me to get born again and what he did for me, I'm going to tell you the day I took a knee, I'm in it. And when the Lord said, I want you to go to India, I didn't ask how the food was. I left. And did I sleep in a bed that was only four feet long and I'm 5'10"? And I'm yes. That I sleep around mosquitoes all night? Yes. Have I drank out of mud puddles? Yes. There's been a lot of things I've done for the gospel. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I have one life to live, and I gave it to Jesus. Amen. And I haven't pulled that back at all. I'm not even thinking about it. But, 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 if, if, but, but life begins when you find out what's so precious you would die for. So what would you die for? Yeah. 
What is so valuable to you? That's where the courage comes from. Now go to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to give you some courage. You're welcome. Change, the sermon's going to change a little tiny bit. We're going to go in a hair different direction. And I want to remind you of something. Right now in the United States of America and the world, there are two groups of people. There's saved and there's unsaved. The unsaved are unsaved by choice. Now, does that mean that we don't love them and give them the gospel? We do love them and we do give them the gospel, but we're not responsible for the choices they have made. If they have chosen to be bad, that's their choice. But I want you to understand that when you turn on the television, that is Lucifer talking to his kids. That's not God talking to you. God's talking to you right now. This is, your, this, is, this, is t- this is TV right now. All right. So I'm, I'm going to say that because you, in the time you're living in, you've got to make a division in your soul. There's two families. There's Satan's family or Adam's, and there's Jesus's. Now, Jesus's family is already blessed. We're already the healed. We're already the blessed. We're already more than conquerors. We're already washed in the blood. And we have no reason to be falling apart now. What's happening in the world and what's happening with the sinner is no concern of mine. Now, let's pretend for a moment. And I know that if I brought this subject up, people would, oh, you talk about a subject that everybody wants to fight over. Does God judge today? That depends on your definition of the word judge. Do policemen judge? Then God does. God will arrest you and give you a ticket. Now, if that's your definition of judgment, yes. If you're referring to damnation, you're right. He does not. All damnation went on Jesus. So it just depends on your definition. But let's pretend that God is judging America. Did you know you do not have to participate? Can God differentiate between you and a sinner? Say yes. Get excited. Say oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he already has. And I want to show you the difference right now. How is it? How can we be full of joy right now? How can we face the days ahead knowing that everything is going to turn out all right? For this reason, it's going to turn out all right with me whether it does you or not. It may not even turn out all right for for Pennsylvania or Arizona, but it will turn out all right in the Morgan home because I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed coming out and Abraham's blessing is mine and Christ has already redeemed me from the curse. I am not cursed. I never will be cursed. There is no curse on me. Not ever coming on me. Now I want to read it to you. I want you to see this. Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles in Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Say, I am blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. 
that does not change with the changing of government. God knows how to take care of you. All right, no, I'm not done yet. We're fixing to get way deeper in this. And you better believe we're going to dig a big old hole. Go to Romans 8, 1. Pop it up on the screen. I just want to, I just want to, I'm going to go ahead and go to John so I can beat you there. That's the only time I get to beat you. All right. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. He's not talking about people who walk in the flesh. He's not talking about carnal Christians versus non-carnal Christians. The word condemnation is, is the word con, C-O-N, with damnation. You can take the word with off, and it makes more sense. There is no damnation on those in Christ. There is no judgment on you. All judgment went on Jesus and he took your judgment so sitting here today even though we're in a nation that's gone nuts there is no judgment on you God will make a difference between you and everyone else around you you have every right in the world to wake up happy Jesus is Lord and people will think you're crazy if you're happy right now, especially in an airport <laughs> where Delta thinks they're God. All right. John 3.16. Please go to John 3.16. Through 21. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Say, I have, I have. everlasting life. Say, I will never die. die. See, you have a hope beyond hope. The worst thing that will ever happen to you is you die go to heaven. (laughs) And some of you have more family over there now than you have here. And it it starts, Brother Hagin said it starts pulling on you. God did not send his son in the world, remember my word, to condemn, condemn or damn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes, say me, is not damned. When? Let's read it. Let's read it. He that believes in me is not damned, and he who does not believe is condemned when? When did Adam's judgment begin? At the cross. Every person you know who's a sinner is in hell now. Now listen to them. I'm going to tell you right now, every day is hell. I'm telling you, I wake up and it's hell. I go to bed, it's hell. Oh, hell yeah, oh, hell this, oh, hell that. Where, where do you think they are? They're dead. They're under, damn, they're under judgment now. They can get out of it if they want to. But the judgment that is on them and the judgment that is on some of the people in this nation is not on you. You need to understand that the God we serve is big enough for the devil to have a bad day and you have a good one. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green powder. He leads me beside still water. Yea, though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death full around a bunch of heathen, bunch of left, bunch of morons, a bunch of idiots. I will fear no evil because Almighty God is on the inside of me. Almighty God is on my side. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham blessings of mine. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Hallelujah. Go to hell if you want to, but I ain't going with you. Now, we're living in a bad world right now, but I'm going to tell you something. You better get a hold of the fact that God is on your side. He placed a greater one on the inside of you. You'll never meet a day you, can't, you, and, you and God can't fix. Say, I'm blessed. Say, no curse on me. You might want to get accustomed to saying that a whole lot more often. He that believes in him is not damned, but he that believes is damned now. I mean, listen to them. I mean, Adam blamed Eve. Adam, Adam, what happened? The woman, the woman you gave me, the woman you gave me, she's a bad, bad woman. And not only that, you gave her to me. Bad God, bad woman. I didn't do nothing wrong. It's her fault. Do, do you think that all of the whining started in America? It started in the garden. And they're still whining about everything. And it's not going to change without a revival. And, a, and the greatest revival is coming. And we're it. All right, I'll tell you about that another Sunday, but not today. He that believes in him is not damned. He that does not believe is damned now because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It ain't your dope smoking and all that that's doing it. It's because you rejected Jesus. This is the damnation. Light came in the world and you loved darkness rather than God. And you said, I don't want your God. I don't want your church. I don't want you. So you damned. Now, it's not hard. It's not hard to look, listen to them crying and whining about everything and all of the injustice that's going on in the world today. Let's go back to sinners in the hands of an angry God. If your life is hell, it's you. Repent, get right with God, and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you'll become the righteousness of God. All your sins will be washed away. God will meet all of your needs with the government or without the government. He's big enough to do it without the government giving you anything. How is the government who's already broke and already the debt is so large that your taxes can't even pay the interest on the note. Do y'all understand how bad it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting on government to send me a check. I'm just waiting on government, the government to send me a check. You better get on your face and get a hold of God and not the government. Because my God shall supply all of my needs. According to, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. If you run out of food, I'll have it at my house. Amen. You know, Lisa and I, there's only one TV program that I've even watching, and I, if I can get over all the drama, it's the, it's the movie alone. But I, it all, and the watching it makes me hungry. Because they're starving. They're starving. I'm going, Lisa, get something to eat. I'm about to starve. How you go three weeks without catching anything and going, it's a good day today. I'm going, oh, no, you better get out there and catch yourself a fish, boy. I'll be out there going, in the name of Jesus, hit it, baby, hit it, baby. Trust God to bring a fish and make him. I, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. I, tell you a story. I always have stories. One day I'm shooting tilapia with my bow in Lake Apopka. 
and I'm shooting a fish, and I shoot one, and he gets off the arrow. And I said, God, I'm believing for 10 fish, 10 fish, in Jesus' name, 10 fish. Now, every time I go out, I, re I, I say, I have dominion over the fish. And I always tell God how many fish I want. Well, that was my 10th fish, and he got off the arrow, and I said, God, that was my 10th fish. And so help me God, a fish jumped in my boat. <laughs> and I went, and it's a bass. It's illegal. A bass is illegal. I said, that's not funny. That's illegal fish. God has a sense of humor, boy. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to have fish jump in your boat. <laughs> I, loved it. I love all my stories. I don't know if y'all do or not. I just love all my stories. All right. Say no judgment, no judgment. on me. Go to Exodus 8. Get ready to shout. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> You know, it's not easy to put together a sermon for a holiday. Because how do you preach on the American Revolution out of the Bible? I'm going, okay, help me, Jesus. Well, then I've got to have a sermon on the American Revolution. I just want to preach on guns. <laughs> My first sermon was guns, guns, and more guns. And God said, I don't think that's really a good sermon. <laughs> Exodus chapter 8. God judged Egypt, didn't he? But did he judge the children of Israel at the same time? No, he did not. It's very, very important right now for you to understand that what's happening in the world is not happening because of you. You're exempt from the trouble. Yes. All right. Exodus chapter 8, verse 20. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. When he comes out to water, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go. And I'm going to tell you right now, he might want to start listening to when God talks. Some of y'all might want to start listening to when he talks too. Or else, I'm not, or if you will not let my people go, I'm going to send swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people, in your houses, and the houses of the Egyptians will be full of the swarms of flies and the ground on which they stand. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, and there will be no swarms of flies be there in order that you will know I am the Lord in the midst of the land, and I will make a difference between my people and your people, and this will be a sign to you. I want you to understand whatever's happening in America today is not happening to you. Let it happen. Hallelujah. Ain't happening to me, baby. All right, you got another one because I like more than one reference. Amen. Chapter 9. Um, verse 2. If you refuse to let them go and still hold them, Behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, and the horses and the donkeys and the camels and the oxen and the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so nothing will die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Can he do it? Will he do it? Say, I'm blessed. There's no curse on me. 
Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. All right, I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. Chapter 9, verse 19. Therefore, sin and gather your livestock and all that's in the field, for the hail is going to come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they will die. And those who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to their houses. And he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and livestock in the field, and they all died. Now, even a squirrel gathers. Is it a lack of faith to get ready for something coming? It is not. When you hear there's an ammo shortage coming, buy extra. I did. Lisa wanted to know why I have so many guns. That $500 gun is worth 1000 now. And going up. Real good investment on your money. And an AR is not an assault rifle. It's a defense rifle. It's not, it, my gun's never assaulted anybody. <laughs> the liberal media has, does not have no good sense. Bless their darling hearts and their ignorant heads. They don't have a lick of sense in their head. Anytime someone wants to take your guns, it's so they can control you. Verse 26, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hell. It's judgment. There was no judgment. Say no judgment. All of your judgment went on Jesus. Here's another good one I loved. I love reading this. I, this uh, when we get to heaven, I'm going to get the videos. Y'all can come over to the house. We can have angel food shape, cake and watch it on the, on the screen. Y'all think I'm joking, don't you? I'm not. I saw a documentary one time about a man who, who, who went to heaven. And it says that the angel took him to orientation. And he got to watch the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus in a theater that was a hologram. In other words, it was 3D on a just like Jerusalem and you got to watch everything that happened and what happened and was going on in hell when Jesus died. And it's a part of your orientation when you get there for God to bring you up to speed on the Bible you don't know. Say, that's cool. I can't wait to watch David bust him. I know that rock was moving quickly. Never mind. If David had had a Glock, I think angels carry ARs. I think they've traded them in. I can prove it, but I'm out. I don't have enough time. If you see a guy in a black suit, black glasses, and he seems to disappear and he's carrying an AR, it's not the FBI. All right, never mind. I don't know how I get off on all that. Y'all pull me directions. I'm not supposed to be going. Exodus 11, 7. No. 
No. 10.23. 22. Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven. There was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not even see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all of the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. Lisa and I were in a cave once. What, do you remember where we were? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And they said, for a moment, we're going to turn the lights out. Have you all ever done that? I swear to God, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And they turn it off, and that guy had better have his hand on that light switch because you will never get out. And he turned it off. The black is so thick, you think you can cut a piece out. And I mean, Lisa's standing this close to me, and I took my hand and did this, and I couldn't see it. Now, you think about the whole land of Egypt was so black, nobody could get up and walk through their house. But yet in, in Goshen, everybody's house had light in it. Yeah. Say, there will be light, be light. In, my in my house. There will be energy in my house. There, there will be electricity in my house. There will be food in my house. There will be ammo in my house. Come on, I'm showing you. I'm showing you how to stay courageous. Don't be afraid of God. Be afraid of the, if you want to, if you want to get on, you need to change sides. If you're not on the right side, get on the right side right now. I'm showing you how not to fear. Chapter 11, verse 7, and against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against a man or a beast that you may know the Lord makes a difference between Egypt and Israel. Say, God makes a difference, makes a difference. between sinners and saints. sinners and saints. Say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. All right, chapter 12, my last one. No, it's not. I have one more. I didn't show you the first time. We didn't do this one. I have one more. Verse 13, and the blood will be a sign for you on your house where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Say, thank you for the blood. Now, you notice the blood is the only deterrent from a plague. When we say we're having communion, come. The vaccine does not work against the plague, but the blood will. The blood is the only thing that Satan has no right to cross the threshold into your life. You plead the blood, three million people came out of Egypt, and the Bible says there wasn't even a feeble old man among them. The blood has never lost its power. We'll sing about the blood, we'll dance about the blood, we'll preach about the blood, and we'll take communion every Sunday if we got to. But no plague will come nigh my dwelling. No plague will come near my house. I'm covered in the blood, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Now notice that, that God, the angel never said, who's in the house? I mean, if you are heathen, you could go to that house and you would be all right. I mean, if you're a heathen this morning, get under the blood. And I'm going to tell you, all the plague, all the hell, all the damnation, it comes to a stop. Say Christ, Christ. 
redeemed me from the curse. No curse on me. Psalm 91. We're going to close with this. See, I, I, I wished I had time to preach my whole sermon, but I can't preach the rest of it next week because it don't work. And you guys listen so slow anyway. <laughs> During the war, the British outnumbered the Americans. I mean, it's just, I mean, it was crazy. The Americans didn't have any money, didn't have any shoes, didn't have any ammo, didn't have much of nothing. And most of the time when they'd go into a battle, they'd win it and didn't know how. And you saw in my office the picture, George Washington is constantly praying. You better, you better hope someone's praying. And so my favorite story in all the Revolutionary War is when the British finally had Washington and all of the rest of the troops surrounded in a city and said, don't worry about it. In the morning, we're just going to kill them. And then the whole war will be over. Well, in the middle of the night, the Holy Ghost got on George Washington and gave him the idea, why don't you put all the men in the boats and cross over the river and escape? Well, how are you going to do that? The British will see them. So God brought in a thick fog and hid all the boats. And in one night, everybody got in a boat, went over the river, got out and left the scene of the crime, went to another city, granted some more men, and started to, and continued with the war. And it was that because of Almighty God that He brought the weapons in and took care of the troops. I'm going to tell you something. It'll be because of God is a good God and He will take care of you. Say, my God will meet all of my needs according to His riches and glory and by Christ Jesus. I will never lack anything. I'm not under the curse of the law. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham blessings are mine. During the, the, the war when Joshua came in the promised land, the only time they ever lost anybody is when they stopped tithing. You knew I would throw that in. Don't steal his money. Don't touch his, God, don't touch his gold, his girls, or his glory. And you'll... One, two, three. And you'll be fine. He who dwells in a secret place in the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, He's my refuge and my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Surely, He'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers. Under His wings, I'm taking refuge. His truth will be my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, the arrow, the bullet, whatever that flies by night, nor of the, the COVID-19, 20, 23, 20, I could care less, that walks in darkness and destruction. Notice it doesn't walk in the daytime. Nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may drop stone cold dead right by me and 10,000 at my right hand. It's not coming near me or my house. Only with my eyes will I look and see what God does to the wicked in the United States of America because they're not going to last much longer. He's fixing to pull the plug on them and fix this mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I love it. Because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil will befall you. This is God talking to you. Nor will any plague come near your dwelling. He has given his angels charge over you. They will keep you in your ways. In their hands, they will bear you up. You even dash your foot against the stone. You will tread on the devil and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you will trample them under your feet because you've set your love on me, I will deliver you. I will set you on high. You have known my name. I, you call on me. I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. And with long life, you're not going to die this year. You're not going to die next year. You're not going to die in three years from now. You're not going to die. Stay out of the hospital. No one who stayed home in America died. Not a single person. When they're giving you $30,000 for death, COVID deaths, that's too much of an incentive. I'm not saying they don't trust doctors, just don't trust them all. With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. At least I lied, I got one more. Isaiah. I just got to keep going. I just got to keep, I got one more. Isaiah 60, Isaiah 60. I'm closing because I feel a keto donut. Mm. When the donuts start calling, I have to slow down. I actually do like my job. This is a prophecy about now. I want you to mark this in your Bible. This is now. Arise and shine, your light will come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Folks, it's getting darker. If you think that they are finished with stupid, you are wrong. I have never in my life seen so much Stupid. Changing the sex of a child. Because of the way he, I feel like a girl today. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to sin right now if I open my mouth. I, don't ever ask me to put a boy-girl bathroom in this church. If you don't know what you are, We'll have the ushers take you out and we'll check you. And they'll come back with a report. <laughs> Unisex bathroom. Now, understand something. I've got to confess my sins. I've gone into 7-Elevens before and the men's, I just go in the women's, but I lock the door. And if I come out and some woman's waiting, I'll go, I'm confused. <laughs> I, I, I have done that. I have done that. I've... <laughs> Don't video that. Don't send that out. Just... <laughs> it's live. Hey, Biden, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Are you ready for the verse 5? Are you ready? And you'll see and become radiant, and your heart will be filled with joy. The abundance of the sea will be turned to you, and the wealth of the idiots will be turned to you. <laughs> Say, my best days are ahead. Happy Fourth. Tonight, when you're out watching fireworks, and all of you will be, and I know that, and, I'm, and I know I'm asking, take the time to thank God for the nation that we have. And I want you to take upon you that you're here at this time, and it's up to you to help keep this nation great. I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I never will be. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the God. I'm not ashamed of the American flag. And I'm not ashamed of who sees me honor it. That's not arrogance. It's called bold. It's time for the church to get some courage. I thank God that what I'm watching right now is that many, many people in this nation are rising up. Many people. They're tired of it. We're in a fight. This is, we're in a war. We're in a war between right and wrong, good and bad. I'm going to ask you to let your light so shine that men can actually see. Because there are people waiting for you to make a courageous decision. When Rodney Howard Brown kept his doors open, it emboldened the church. It emboldened the governor of Texas, and it emboldened our governor. But Rodney's decision kicked it off. He got criticized, but he changed, he changed a whole nation because of one righteous, bold act. Thank God for bold. So, so understand something. You'll be criticized. Jesus was criticized, but you'd be proud. We're Americans. Say, I'm an American. I'm not under the curse. You got this? Well, if you don't take it, I'm going to keep preaching, but a donut's calling me. Y'all, God bless you. Have a great 4th of July. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.